Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. We're going to be going to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. The book of 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse number 8 to begin with. I want to talk to you this morning on the hallmark of greatness. The hallmark of greatness. 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman. A great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither and it fell on a day that he came in thither and turned into the chamber and lay there it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem where was a great woman greatness greatness how do we describe that in particular today I want to talk about a great mother, a great lady. But the principles that I present to you today can apply to all of us. But by on this being a Mother's Day, I would like to address the value of mothers with the hallmark of greatness. The hallmark of greatness. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Lord, you have provided us with so many good things. Thank you, Lord, for the examples of mothers and of ladies who are godly, Lord, who are, are persistently precious, God, and valuable. We give you praise, Lord, today for how that you made men and you made women, made us distinct and different to fulfill unique roles and purposes. We're going to give you praise today, Lord, and help us to honor moms today in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. 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 The Lord bless you. Uh, You can be seated. Where would you and I be today were not for godly mothers? Your mother may not have been godly, but you have come in contact with godly mothers. We need them today. I believe perhaps there is no more influential role in all the world than that of a mom, the influence of a lady. I come come over a poem some time back. What do mothers do? They smile when they want to scream. They sing when they want to cry. They cry when they are happy and laugh when they are nervous. They fight for what they believe in. They stand for injustice. They don't take no for an answer when they believe there is a better solution. Anybody recognize these kind of qualities? 
They go without new shoes so their children can have them. They love unconditionally. They cry when their children excel and cheer when their friends get awards. Their hearts break with, uh, uh, when a friend dies. What do mothers do? They have sorrow at the loss of a family member, yet they are strong when they think there is no strength left. They know how, they know that a hug and a kiss can heal a broken heart. What do mothers do? They do all kinds of things, come in all kinds of sizes, colors, and shapes. They'll drive, they'll fly, they'll walk, they'll run, they'll email to show how much they care about their children and their family. Mothers do more than just give birth. Mothers do more than just give birth. They bring hope and joy and compassion and ideas and moral fiber and moral support to their families. It was Abraham Lincoln that said, no one, no one is poor who had a godly mother. A godly mother are, are, are mothers who pray like Hannah and Samuel is born. A godly mother is a mother who will uh, 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 be like Sarah and stay faithful even in her old age. Or Mary who is humble before the Lord and the Lord found favor in Mary and God used her mightily. I recently heard this on, on, the, on the radio. Some, some rather ignorant person said, what's so special about mothers anyway? In reference to Mother's Day, what's so special about mothers anyway? Mothers of today are constantly bombarded and attacked for their, their, their role, their normal role. It is... A, it is Motherhood is tremendously devalued. The women's lib movement is, is no longer perhaps a name that is used, uh, but it, it, it has now become a fabric and a, uh, has permeated the culture of our society. Amen. There was a time that a lady, that a mother was cherished for the nobility of her character, for the strength of her morals, and for her modesty. She was known for being a hardworking lady, but not an aggressive employee. This type of lady is looked at as someone that is being or was looked at as being hallowed and admired. Her influence was profound, I think. If I may sidebar here from my notes just for a moment, I think that a lot of the, the pushing for certain kind of rights or, or certain ways of thinking has not uh, uh, given ladies a more ideal quality and put them in better light, but rather put them in a more negative light. Today's woman is defamed, disrespected, degraded, and is simply put into a picture of contemporary culture of somebody that's not worth very much. Rabbi Shmuley in one of his books wrote, today's woman is portrayed as a greedy gold digger who loves money more than love and romance and will date or marry practically any guy 
who's got pockets full of cash. And then there's a woman who will do anything for publicity. Next is the brainless bimbo who is a dunce and an airhead. Then there's the heartless woman who will cut the heart out of anyone who stands in our way. These kinds of ladies, he says, and I agree, are being exalted and lifted up as being great. But I want to tell you, that's not greatness. Society has unleashed a deadly assault on the dignity of motherhood. If you do not think abortion is not the ultimate attack on motherhood, then you're sadly mistaken. Not only does this damage the life, it also damages the dignity of women. But God tells us in his word that godly women, great women, are rare. Great women are rare. Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. How many's heard that passage before? That's a, that's a, a passage that has been read and preached upon uh, many, many times. And often when I looked at that, I, I'm thinking of a virtuous woman as being a, a woman of morality, of modesty. But that's really not the wor- what the word means. The word virtue here, or virtuous, uh, means of the display of valor, strong, having war-like strength. That's what the word means, having war-like strength. We don't often look at a mom, and we don't often look at a lady and say, man, is she powerful. Man, is she strong. Amen. But I want to tell you, it's not necessarily in the strength of the arm. It's not talking about the strength of muscles, but rather the strength of character, the strength of integrity, the strength of the heart, the strength to stand firm when everything else is uh, uh, falling apart around her. A woman that is great, a mother that is great, is a woman of strong character. She is excellent in what she does. The Greek equivalent for the Hebrew word here is dunamis. Dunamis. Dunamis means dynamite. Amen. I want to tell you that a godly woman, a great lady, a great mother is not somebody to be trifled with. Is not somebody that's going to be overrun by the things of this world, by the culture of the day, by the pressure of Hollywood, by the pressure of this life, but rather she is a woman of great virtue great strength, great excellence. Amen. Matter of fact, there's a passage in Psalm 31 that says, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I'm telling you there's something very valuable about great women, something about virtuous women, strong ladies, strong ladies, it's a hallmark of greatness. Thank God for those. Thank God for those who, who, who sit here today, who are in this building today, mothers who have stood up 
for the things that she knows is right with God and stood against the tide of popular opinion and looked at her children and said, no, we're not going to do that. No, we're not going to go there. No, that's not a good thing for you. Or yes, that is a good thing for you. Or leads them in prayer, leads them in righteousness, leads them in the future where they should go. Amen. Thank God for a strong, virtuous, warlike. Don't you take this and run with this and start pointing fingers because you want to admire a woman who is out of order. Because that's not what this verse is talking about. Amen. Because she is also in order, just as everyone needs to be in order. When we go to our scripture today in 2 Kings chapter 4, we find I want to show you four things that describe a great person, or in this case, a great woman. Four things that describe a great woman. For the Bible says it fell on a day that Elisha passed to shoot him where was a great woman. The anointed narrative before us tells of the story of this woman but doesn't tell her name. She at this time is nameless and childless and she stands yet above her peers. Not just a good woman, a great woman. Not just a kind woman, but a great woman. The word of God calls somebody great, they're great. I said when the word of God calls somebody great, they're great. She possessed a rare and unique quality that distinguished her from her neighbors and from the other ladies in the community. The Bible says she was great. What made her great? What are the distinctions? What are the hallmarks that she put into her life that would cause her to be a woman of greatness, a person of greatness? You would look at her world and you would see what she has and read the story and you would see that she had evidently a certain level of wealth. Evidently her family, her husband and her had success. Perhaps we would say that she is honorable and she was. We would say that she is hospitable and she was. She was kind and submitted. She was confident and caring and giving. But I want to show you the first thing that jumps out at me when I see the greatness of this person. We find that the Bible says that she told her husband Behold, I perceive, behold, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. The first thing that made this woman great, her hallmark of greatness is that she had great perception. Why is it that it seems like, that? that and I'm just going to bounce out of the, 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 the focus on a lady and let's talk to all of us. Why is it that there are some people that look like they're just successful? They're blessed. Their homes are blessed. Their families are blessed. Their relationships are blessed. What is it that sets them apart? Why are they distinguished as great? Why are they distinguished as unique? I believe it is because, first of all, they have the right kind of perception. They see what other people don't see. They view things in a way that 
that other people don't view. I, I believe it's more than just simply a glass half full or half empty mentality, but rather it is I perceive what God wants in the future. I perceive that my family is good. I don't see my family as being run over by the devil even though I may be attacked by it. I don't perceive that, 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 that my life is going down the tubes, but rather I see myself and I see my family and I see my home and I see my future as being something God is in control of. Great perception distinguishes a great mother from a common mother. I used to think my mom had an eye in the back of her head. Because she would say things that I, she either had eyes in the back of her head or had a spy that was invisible because she knew things about me that I thought nobody else knew. She knew what I was up to when I thought nobody else knew. But what she had was perception. Discernment. Finding the ability to be uh, uh, discriminating. Distinguishing. Setting apart. You see, a great person will say that that's a wrong path and that's a right path. This is a good path. That's not a good path. And will find that they can see beyond where they are and look where they're going. Great perception doesn't just live in the moment because people who live in the moment is going to find their life perhaps in a shipwreck moment. Oh, but a person that is great, a woman that is great, has great perception. True greatness is not based upon talent. It's not based upon ability. It's not based upon success. It's not based upon how much money you have. It's not based upon how many children you have. It's not based upon where you live and what you dry, but rather, do you have perception of faith? Can you see beyond the moment? Can you distinguish that which is of God? A great woman, a great person perceives, discerns, and operates with discretion. The Proverbs 31 woman was great because she was in a different class than the other ladies. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 31 and 29 that this woman, this Proverbs woman, this great woman accomplished wonderful things. And the writer says, there are other women who have done noble things and virtuous things according to the King James. But he says, but you have surpassed them all. You have outclassed them all. What causes a great woman, a great person to excel? It is because she is seeing beyond where she is now. Hear me today, I'm preaching to you. I am telling you that a woman that is going to be great, a mother that is going to be great, looks at little Johnny and doesn't see little Johnny as being the snotty-nosed kid that he is, but sees him as being something great and sees that he's worth the tiring investment and worth the struggle and worth the pain and worth the issues because she can see something in him that nobody else can see. Perception. Matter of fact, Proverbs writes of the 
the 31 woman of Proverbs, this unique great woman. In verse 18, Proverbs 31, 18 says, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. That's what sets her apart. She sees things. Now, you find a person that everything's bad, everything they're doing's bad, every, all their kids are bad, their job's bad, where they work is bad, where they go to church is bad. They got perception, but it's perception in reverse, not in faith. Amen. What you perceive and how you perceive will determine the greatness. Can you see beyond the moment? Can you see as this woman did when she saw the man of God walk by? She said, I see him as something different. I see him as something different. It's something that is unique. Amen. And I believe that true greatness has to have perception. How is your perception today? She perceived that he was a man of God, that he was genuine. Genuine. She perceived that she had an opportunity to honor God in this man. She perceived that she had a chance to do something of excellence. <clears throat> a hallmark of greatness is perception. Great perception. The second hallmark of, of a greatness is having great process. Everybody say great process. If you have perception, you need process. You can perceive, but if you don't do something about the perception, then it's going to end. <clears throat> she told her sub husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God who passes by continually. Let us make a little chamber. I pray thee on the wall and let us set for him there a bed, <clears throat> a table, a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in the thither. It's not enough just to perceive she was great because she put into action what she perceived. Perception led to process. A great person, a hallmark of a great person is somebody that's not just talking a good talk, not just talking a good name, but has good process to continue that perception. Perception is meaningless if you don't add on because she added on to her house. Perception is meaningless if we're not willing to do the additional thing that is necessary. <clears throat> a woman, a man, a person of greatness, a mother of greatness will step into process. She'll find a way to get it done. Don't tell a great woman that she can't do it. Don't tell a virtuous lady that it can't be done and she knows it's got to be done. She'll find a way. Amen. You put a, an average person in a place of difficulty and they'll fold underneath the weight of that difficulty. But you put a great person in the place of difficulty, financial difficulty, issues in life. You put them under that load, that same load. I'll find a way how to get out of it. I'll find a way to survive on beanie weenies and peanut butter. I'll find a way to get by because there's a process that goes along with perception. It's not enough just to have faith. You've got to put action to your faith and a, a great person will have that process in their life. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to add on. We'll make this addition to the situation. Perception sees what others do not see. Process does what others are not willing to do. 
Say that again. Perception will see what others do not see. Process will do what others will not do. Amen. She said, let's build a, a chamber. It was intentional process. The word stool here literally means a throne. We're going to provide a stool, a throne in this process. We're going to design it. She had an idea. I don't understand a lady that can say, I see a dress. And she'll lay it out there. I can see a wood table. I can see things in my mind about that. But to see a dress, I don't see it in a glob of material. But a seamstress, like Sister Pat back there, can, can see things and perceive it and then move forward in that intentional way. You just don't get up and grab a pair of scissors and start cutting. you got to lay it out. It's got to be intentional. That's what this woman did. She had a process. Let's get a stool. Let's get a table. Let, let, let's put a candlestick here. And we're going to give him a place where he could come in. And, and, and the Bible says not only did she do that, but she constrained him. She constrained him. She encouraged him. She got intense with her invitation. She said, okay, I've made it. Now let's bring the man of God in. Not only did she perceive that Elisha was a holy man of God, but she had a process to get him in. She wanted that man of God to be in her house. Here's the thing I know about great mothers, watching great mothers is they always do the little extra. They always do the little uh, extra. And people who are great are going to do a little extra that attracts the miraculous of God. So she had great perception. She had great process. The third thing I want to show you is that she had a great promise. A great promise. The revival you experience tomorrow will be because you had perception and process to have an addition in today. The great Shunammite woman had a great need. She was barren. She didn't have any children. She didn't have any children, and she had no idea that what she was doing would impact that area of her life. But yet she said, I'm going to do it anyway. Don't have any kids. I don't have any children. And, and there was no doubt a great pressure upon her. But she said, I want to build the man of God. I perceive he's the man of God and I'm going to build him a room. But what she didn't realize is that she brought the, the spiritual, the, the promise into her house. And when the man of God heard that she didn't have any children, this is what he said about this season according to the time of life, you are going to have a son. Amen. Her perception and her process brought her into great promise. I want to tell you, mom, I want to tell you, dad, I want to tell you individual, if you want to be great, You've got to go to the extra and you will find the promises of God will show up in your life. We preached on it before, but let me share with you again the, the honor principle from Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. The Bible says, he that perceiveth, 
He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man reward. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. What is that verse saying? If you will honor God's people, if you will honor God's prophet, you're going to get a prophet's reward. If you will honor what you see and perceive as this woman did, this is a great man. This is a great man of God. I'm going to give it a place where he can be. Amen. There, and there comes a promise along with it. And what do you know? She had a child. She was barren, but because she decided her greatness was not based upon her barrenness or how bad her life was or, or how difficult her life was, she had a perception that went past her barrenness. She said, I know what I can do. I'll make a little room. I'll add a room so the man of God can come in. Just so I can get the, I want, God, I want, I want the presence of the Lord. I want the word of the Lord close to my life. You have to have perception if you're going to be a great person. You have to have great process if you want to be a great person. These are hallmarks. But the hallmark of a great person is also they understand great promise. You can't see things by faith and not have promise. When you see things through faith like nobody else and you live like nobody else and you're willing to believe like nobody else, here's what's happening. Promise. Promise. I wish God would touch me. I wish God would bless me. I wish God would help me. Well, what about changing your perception? Changing your process? We are so prone to do things over and over again and get the same result. And what, do, what do they call that? Doing the same thing over again and again and again. Getting the same results is insanity. Thank you for speaking up so my ears could hear. She had a child. But afterwards, having this child, after she was blessed with the child, the child grew, but the holy man of God still coming by her house, still in the chamber, and one day as her son is now grown, falls dead in mom's lap. You remember the story, the Shunammite woman? She took his dead, lifeless body to the room she had made for the man she perceived was the man of God. That's a message in itself. She took him to the room and then she went to find the man of God and when confronted and when asked, said, you're going to go to the man of God. Why are you going to go? It's not new moon. It's not Sabbath. And her response was, Great. Her response was this. It shall be well. Her son was dead, yet she says it shall be well. Great individuals, great mothers, great ladies have a perception 
And they have process and they have a promise. But when the going gets tough, they have another quality that is perhaps the greatest of all, the hallmark of all, and that is that she has great persistence. Great persistence. Great persistence. Hallelujah. You will notice that she ran towards the man of God, and when Gehazi met her, what was her response? It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. A person who is looking at things through doubt and fear and destruction is not going to get this but an individual that has perception of faith and has a process of faith amen and has a promise of faith when everything falls apart when everything dies and everything goes bad she said I've got one more quality I can be persistent that's a great person that's a great individual that is a great mother And so the prophet Elijah went back to the chamber, went in, shut the door, prayed her dead destiny back to life. The Bible calls her a great woman. We don't know her name, but she was great. Nameless, but yet she is spoken of with honor and glory. But her real greatness is that she had qualities, hallmarks, If you want to be great, you have to choose God's standard of greatness, not this world's. Not this world that says this is what it means to be a great mother. That's what it means to be a great individual. Amen. Choose the extra. Choose beyond normal. Choose to attract the holy into your home. Choose to attract the holy into your home. A great mom will look at their children and say, put that tab a little way. You're not watching that here. Amen. A great mother will say, put that up. We're not going to do that here. We're, we're, we, we, we've got a house that I want the holy to be attracted to my house. I want the holy presence of God because there will come a day that something that you love will die. There will come a day that something that you want will fall to the ground. It may be a dream. It may be a vision. It may be a job. It may be a situation. It may be a relationship. It may even be an individual. It's going to fall to the ground. You're going to find loss. But if you have perception and you see what others do not see and if you have the faith to put process into action, you're going to walk around with a promise that says, I will survive. I will persevere. It is well with my soul. How you doing? It's well with my soul, but your son is dead. It's still well with my soul, but your situation is bad. It's still well with my soul. Everything's gone wrong. The doctors are telling you this and that, but it's well with my soul. Woo. I'm thankful to be in a church that has great men and great women. But tragically in Pentecost, a lot of churches have just had to look at the men and say, y'all are inconsistent, indifferent, 
And it's been praying women that's brought the holy into their homes. It's been praying women and thank God for it. But I believe that it takes great women to do that. It takes character and strong character to do that. But I believe when you got both a man and a woman in the house saying, I perceive this is right. I perceive we're walking together. Let's bring the holy into our house. We're going to act like it. That's why I go to church. And that's why I lift my hands. And that's why I pray. That's why I begin to do something a little extra. It's worth it. It's worth it. Why? I want to be ready for when my promise dies. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Can I ask you today about how you see yourself? What is your perception of yourself? Do you see yourself as just simply defeated? Humble, yes, but defeated? Worn out? Tired? Frustrated? Or do you see yourself in the light of what God says? How do you see the people of God in your life? Not just your pastor, but what's your perception of church? I talked about this the other week. What is your perception of church? How do you see your church? If you see your church as a place to come in and get fed, to get encouragement, to get strength, I guarantee you that's what you're getting. If you see your church as a place that drains your strength and discourages you and frustrates you and aggravates you because somebody didn't shake your hand, then that's the way you'll leave. It's about your perception. How do you perceive God today? How do you perceive the Lord today? How do you see him? Do you see him high and sitting on this throne? Do you see him high and lifted up in his train, filled his temple? Do you see him as being the Holy One of Israel that really loves you and cares for you and help you get through? Amen. What is your perception today? What is your process today? Is faith in you moving you to action? Or are you just sitting back and saying, oh God, I'm waiting for you to move? Amen. How about your process today? Are you committed to excellence? Are you committed to just simply saying, I'm going to do the best that I can? I want to make sure that whatever job I put my hand to, I want to give you glory. That's not just a church, but it's on the job. I tell you what, if every Holy Spirit filled child of God if every Christ-empowered uh, uh, child of God would work with the passion and the glory that God had for them, they'd never be without a job. They would never be without a job. My question to you today, have you made room for your miracle? Have you made room for your miracle in your process? Are you ready to be blessed? Are you ready to be blessed? The last few Mondays we've been playing softball. At least I've been going. But they always taught us in playing ball that you, you, you need to, if you're in, in a position of defense that you are out in the field or in infield, you need to stand ready. Be on the balls of your feet. Be ready, be mobile, be ready to shift to the left or to the right because you're waiting for that. There's a lot of people that stand around saying, I wish God blessed me, and they're just kind of leaning back. But if you got a, stead, a, a stance of faith that says, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm looking for it, that's process. 
That's process. That's action. That's faith. Somebody say amen. Amen. I have a few more things I want to share with you today, but I want to ask you to stand as we're getting ready to close this message today. Praise God. Our classes will be coming out early. Brother Joe, would you make sure to notify them if you would, please? How's your perception today? How's your process? How about your promise? Can you claim something that you dreamed of even when it hadn't happened? Can you commit yourself to the promise that I'm going to treat things differently because I got a promise? I'll honor those in my life. That scripture that we read where Jesus said, if you receive me, you receive the one that sent me. It's a transaction that connects from one thing to another. When you honor a child, matter of fact, Jesus said, if you honor a child in the name of a disciple, you get the disciple's reward. Perception causes you to see that. Not just helping, but I receive the promise in that help. Not just honoring, but I receive promise in that honoring. I want to ask you today, can you see that in your promise, there's an opportunity for God to bless you like never before, to give you something that you've longed for. But what happens when things fall apart? Because they do. They do. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. That's life. Issues will come to you. But how are you going to respond to that? If you're a person of doubt and fear and negativity and unbelief and heartache and everything's doom and gloom, you might miss the fact that you can get through no matter what you're facing. Fall apart? Oh, it's well with my soul. Get mad and frustrated? Aggravated? No. Hallmark of greatness is that I see that God's still in control. When your dream dies... Or your heart just simply says it's over? No, it's not. No, it's not. God's still God. God's still God. He still has a plan. Why don't you lift up your hearts right now in your hands and say, Oh, God, I thank you for great women. I thank you, Lord, for great men. I want to be great today. I want to be great today. Lord. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.